Hello, welcome to another episode of Tag Talk. I'm Kylie, this is Haley, and it's been an eventful week. And if you follow us on Twitter, you know that we have been going through it. <laughs> through it is an understatement, okay? <laughs> there, there's so many good things happening in wrestling in general, but also yeah. tag team wrestling. But we'll get into that. But we, we got to start with something that maybe we have some gripes about. Let's talk about toxic attraction. All right. Now, I know people are going to get so mad at us because, you know, we might be a little negative about this. Let's be real. Yeah. And, you know, I can already see the comments. We addressed this last week. But listen, in my opinion, toxic attraction should have been in this tournament to begin with. I Them coming in this late to replace Nikita and Zoe. Zoe's injured. Nikita medically you know not cleared whatever to be in the tournament um yeah I just I'm not as invested as I would have been if they were in it to begin with but I'm happy they won and they're moving on I think it was the right call (laughs) yeah so um they beat Natalia and Sonya and then moving on Mm -hmm. to face uh Raquel and Aaliyah which I have my own gripes with that tag team. But, but I don't know. I can't help but feel that this has been a bit underwhelming as of a tournament. Um, not because, you know, the talent in it are underwhelming or whatever. It's just like, I don't know. It's just tournaments are made to feel so special. And especially with these belts, because all the drama with Sasha and Naomi and then like Triple H coming in and revitalizing the belts. And I'm just not, I'm just not feeling it. Well, I feel like it's also hard to get behind teams that are, like, makeshift teams. They're not, mm-hmm. like, sure, maybe they've wrestled as tag teams before, but they're, they're kind of just thrown together. Like, it, they don't have a really legit tag division. So, you know, I'm happy yeah. to see teams like Toxic Attraction, an actual tag team, um, you know, move on and do well in this tournament. But, yeah, Yeah, and um, in round two, we also get Alexa Bliss and Asuka facing uh, Dakota Kai and Io Sky. And I love Dakota Kai and Eos Kai. Mm-hmm. Um, when is this faction officially called Control? Um, I believe there's reports going around that WWE filed a trademark for Damage Control, but I'm not sure if it's the tag team name. But regardless, I love this this trio. I love this faction. I love it. I think Bailey gets she really suits that role, the leadership <laughs> role. Like I really believe her. And I have never loved Dakota Kai more than I do with what she's doing right now. Um, I hope they win the whole tournament, if I'm being completely honest, because they're the team, with the exception of Toxic Attraction, they're the team I buy the most as a tag team, like as a legitimate team, not just. I know I love Alexa Bliss. I love Asuka, but I love them individually. I don't buy them as a team. It does feel very thrown together. And that's my biggest criticism of the Triple H era. It feels like a lot of just throwing things out there just because he can. But that's not for this <laughs> this show. I'll say that for another show. Um, but uh, when Toxic Attraction was in NXT, I had my concerns about them. I wasn't a big fan of the act. I'm not a big fan of Mandy Rose. It was all, it was all eh. And, uh, but I did see them in an NXT house show. They wrestled um, Cora Jade and... I love how often you reference this house. You Listen, probably this show, it like six times. I have not show. watched NXT since the show, but like I still remember it. I'm like, I love her. Uh, Cora Jade and uh, Roxanne. And it was a great match, but Toxic Attraction, I do agree they should have been moved up 
a long time ago. I think Mandy in particular should have been moved back up a long, long time ago, especially when SmackDown's women's division was bare bones minimum, especially people out on injuries, releases, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Mandy, she was on the main roster. I'm not sure why she got put in NXT to begin with, but that's not for the show. Um, but yeah, they should have been moved up a long time ago. And I do agree they should have been in this tournament to begin with. And that brings up like another concern that I have. I don't understand why NXT continues to have its own women's tag titles. Um, and you know, it's a different thing. It's NXT 2.0. They need to be split, whatever. But I think there's something really interesting, um, about having tag teams wrestling across brands. And this is the same for the men. I think I, <laughs> I've said it before in the show. WWE needs one set of men's tag belts. This is just insane, but I digress. But I don't know. I just feel like if we're going to elevate NXT and we're going to make it feel important, I want NXT talent to have a good showing against the main roster without having to move up to the main roster to do it. Like, I want them to have these great matches. And I think challenging for their tag titles, the women's tag titles, not in a tournament, but in a normal, you know, championship setting, I think that could really elevate a lot of the women's tag teams in NXT. And we're not really seeing that happen. And so toxic attraction not being put in this tournament, but kind of being like the next best thing. I don't know. They had a great match and people are into them. But one, there was no Mandy Rose. So a lot of people were like, who are these women? Because a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't watch NXT. So we're not really building those connections. And that's why I think there should be one set of tag belts so we can constantly have NXT talent cycling on the main roster. Yeah, and I feel like that's always been a problem, um, especially when they had NXT involved with Survivor Series. Um, it was really hard for fans to get behind them as a brand. Yeah. So like you said, I think, you know, bringing in fresh talent for these tag teams, especially in the men's division, where oh. there's like two tag teams. I mean, in the women's division, it's barren as well. But, you know, they could really benefit from that time on TV and just rotating out new talent and, you know, actually having legitimate tag teams. Yeah, I'm not sure where we're going with this women's tournament. Um, A lot of people have said that, you know, we're going to finish the tournament and we're going to have Sasha and Naomi back and it's going to be that's our next big tag feud and whatever. But if I'm being honest, like this tournament could have used if, if Sasha and Naomi are coming back to WWE they should have come back and been in the tournament. Yeah. I think or if like, you really want to elevate the women's tag division, like Sasha and Naomi, you know, are that. Like they really brought something different to those titles and they elevated them to a new level. And yeah. like you said, I think having them in the tournament would have been beneficial or making it feel more important if you're going to bring them back at the end, you know? Yeah. Get people invested. And, you know, when they announced this tournament, I did say that I thought that Sasha and Naomi should have just come back and they should have been champs. Um, yeah. I don't th- I don't think there's really a need to, if they are coming back, I don't think there's a need to make them fight for the belts that they had and that they forfeited for, you know, legitimate reasons. But, you know, I'm not Triple H. But if they are coming back, um, it's it's got to be, it's got to be soon because we, you know, the rumors of the release, the rumors that they re-signed and the good the deal is like as good as done, but I don't understand what we're doing here. We're we're bringing back Karen Cross. We brought back Hit Row. And you know, as great as as great as they are and you know, I don't really like Karen Cross, but a lot of people do. Like Sasha and Naomi, that's a bigger deal. 
And if the deal is as good as done, why isn't it done and why aren't they on TV? That's my only gripe. Yeah, I agree. And especially with, like, the whole like, drama surrounding it and how they really just wanted, you know, the titles to feel more important and, you know, they were really sticking up for the division. I feel like holding them until the end of the tournament just doesn't yeah. make the least bit of sense. Yeah, and, you know, you could have done the tournament. You could have done a number one contenders tournament or yeah. something like that, and that would have been fine. I don't know. I don't know where this is going. I don't know if Sasha and Naomi are back. I hope they are, but it is what it is. Regardless, toxic attraction, okay. Um, I'm getting the vibe that maybe fans aren't into them. It is what it is. They need to do more to make NXT accessible because not a lot of people watch it, and that's just the truth. It is the truth. So, in other WWE news, we have two WWE news segments. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> Absolutely shocking. We never talk about WWE this much. <laughs> We're doing it for you guys, because you want more WWE. And so. this is kind of a more positive topic, so you're kind of getting both sides of the coin here. So... Just to break it down for you, we're going to take it over the men's division. Um, on SmackDown, uh, so we're filming this Saturday, SmackDown was yesterday. Sami Zayn was part of the Intercontinental title, number one contenders thing. Um, and after the show, there was something interesting that happened. So Sami's in the ring. Kevin Owens comes out. He confronts him. But basically, he says, like, like you're better than, you know, you've been presented. Like, I know you could do this. You're great. Blah, blah, blah. And they end up hugging it out. So are they teasing the reunion of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? Maybe they could beat the Usos. Personally, I would love to see it. I think the men's division could use a refresh. And I think, you know, Sami and Kevin are both so over with the crowd. Fans love them. They've tagged on the indies before. And, you know, I just, I think, you know, they have a lot of chemistry together. And I think it really works. So I would love to see them reunite. Yeah, and, you know, Sammy and Kevin Owens have kind of, you know, they've been main eventers, they've been top of the card, but they're always fluctuating of all the people uh, on the roster. They're the most who go up and down, up and down. Like, there's a lot of people who are, you know, solidly at the bottom, people who are solidly at the top. But it's like, they've never really pulled a plug on them like they should have, which is a shame because they're both super talented. Um, But if they're not going to do anything with them as single stars, I wouldn't be opposed to them coming back together as a tag team. There's a lot of history there, and they've been on the main roster for long enough that main roster fans who maybe didn't watch NXT, don't didn't watch the indies before that, um, they're aware of some of the history these two have. So it would be really impactful for them as a story and as, like, um, build to, you know, the, potentially the Usos match. I just want the Usos gone. But <laughs> I, I, I think it's interesting, and the Usos have been through basically everyone. Yeah, there's literally nobody left. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Unless, you know, they're going to pick up some people from NXT, they need to start making tag teams. And this is a tag team that is a legitimate tag team, you know? And they have, the, they have like, the credibility and the 
like the experience of a tag team. They have the bond. They have everything you need. And, you know, we're not saying it's going to happen. Like, before you, everyone gets the ball rolling, this is just something that happens after SmackDown. Yeah. But it's interesting that it, that it did. And, you know, it's very Triple H to, oh, yeah. take, to take advantage of, you know, dark matches, uh, post-show segments, like um, social media, to really get Buzz going for something. Um, so, I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see. I, for one, am in favor of this reunion and to take down the Usos. I'm in favor of it too. And I feel like Sammy and Kevin don't get enough credit. I feel like they're two stars that are kind of almost like chameleons. Like they can be in the world title picture. They can be in the mid card picture. They could go after the intercontinental titles. Like they could really do anything. And so I really, I like that about both of them. And I think that it works. And so I hope it goes somewhere. Please Triple H. (laughs) You know, and Triple H does like these guys. And I don't, I don't think that's a secret. I think Triple H is, especially Kevin Owens, I think he's always been a big fan. So, who knows? We'll see. Uh, I, for one, would like to see Triple H reunite a lot of tag teams. Mm -hmm. And create a lot of tag teams. Like, I feel like with, and you know, we do always say we're still kind of in the honeymoon phase with Triple H, but he, he is bringing back, I wouldn't say a lot of fan favorites, but, you know, I really like Hit Row. Um, and I'm excited to kind of see what they do on the main Mm -hmm. roster again, especially now that they don't have Swerve, and just kind of see how they step into those roles, you know? Yeah, and I haven't been a fan of some things Triple H has done, and I do think a lot of his successes are a little exaggerated, simply because it's so... When it's so much better than what we had, like, it's easy to make it out to be. Like, this is, you know, the pinnacle of pro wrestling. Um but there have definitely been some positive changes. And if this turns out to be one of them, you know, rebuilding the tag division and taking down the Usos and the bloodline, I'm here for it. Listen, and I have to clarify this before people in the comments tell me I'm a WWE hater. Um, I love the bloodline. Like I, they almost got me really, really into WWE again. Um, mainly Roman Reigns and the Usos, just like their family dynamic. That's something I really like in wrestling. I like, bonds and like relationships that like everyone to be connected in certain ways and then you know when they're feuding and then all of a sudden they're faction and of course solo sokoa who should be here but it's whatever um i just think we've reached a point where the bloodline being you know the supreme title holders having all these belts all these things it's suffocating the product and you know roman reigns is a big draw you know there's not really anyone who can beat him but we can make someone to beat him. And that's the same way we can make someone to beat the Usos. Like all the damage that has been done can be easily reversed if we work on building stars. And I think Triple H is a guy to do that. Triple H is always in NXT. He's always had to keep the cycle of talent going because people are leaving, going to the main roster, so on and so forth. Um, and I love the Usos. I've always put over the Usos. And yeah, even, even when it isn't really justified, I defend the Usos. Uh, <laughs> But, like, come on, guys. Like, if we're being honest, we need to move on. Yeah, and, you know, I thought that, like, the the crack of the bloodline would really start with this last match that the Street Profits had with them. I was like, okay, yeah. you know, they've had, they've had their fun here. Like, the titles need to change hands. Like, yeah. you know, put the titles off the Usos, put them on the Street Profits. They're over. Um, and, you know, they're doing their own thing with that. But I really thought that maybe we would see a shift there. And 
then eventually Roman would obviously lose his titles too, especially because he wants to kind of pursue other ventures outside of wrestling, presumably. But presumably, I have I have no idea what Roman Reigns is doing. <laughs> all I all I know is like we were on a high with Roman Reigns and it's run its course. Like now it's just for show, and we should be done with it. Same thing with the Usos. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of promising talent in NXT. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of NXT 2.0 and the way it's presented, the way it's written. I don't like the creative for a lot of things. But when we look at just in-ring talent, I think there's a lot of people who are very charismatic. They're very athletic. And Triple H needs to go into NXT 2.0 and start taking them. Mm-hmm. And Toxic Attraction was one. But, like, there's others that we need to do. So, I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see on WWE. Um, I'm more hopeful for WWE tag team wrestling now than I've been in a very, very long time. So who knows? Maybe we'll get something fun. Fingers crossed. So moving out of moving out of WWE into AEW. Let's start with best friends so we can finish on our high note. Um, so last night, uh, the trios tournament continued last night on Rampage. And we had Best Friends versus the Trustbusters. Best Friends won, of course. Um, it was a decent match. Uh, I think there were little, there were some things that I thought maybe, you know, the Trustbusters aren't connecting on in ring, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold that against them. It's a new team. It's just, it is what it is. But Best Friends, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Best Friends going far. Not going to lie. So, Best friends move on, and they're going to face the winners of House of Black and Dark Order. Um, and that's that's really where the issue is. House of Black versus Dark Order. So you have House of Black, who um, is on the rise again. And, you know, they had some setbacks of Buddy Matthews' injury, blah, blah. Um, but Buddy Matthews just won. Julia Hart is doing these promos with Miro. about, And you're talking about some lady. I don't know. But do we see Dark Order beat House of Black? So, it's hard because I think, I think that House of Black is so over and, like, do they need the win? No. Should they get the win over Dark Order? Yes. But I think that Dark Order needs the win here, you know, as a team, they've, or as a faction, really, they've really struggled over the past few years um, with just trying to fit in and find a footing again. Um, But I think, and I've said it previously, I think that maybe Miro costs House of Black and that's how we see Dark Order win. Um, I just think that there's more story uh, there with the Dark Order versus the Elite in the finals. So I'm hoping we see that. But then like seeing... (laughs) Dark Order versus Best Friends? Like, oh, I love that. I love it so much. Yeah. My concern uh, with House of Black losing is I don't think people would like it. And I'm afraid they oh, might they turn so on. I'm afraid they might turn on the Dark Order. Um, because Dark Order have they've lost a few members and they're in a weird spot. Like Hangman's there, but he's not really part of the Dark Order. And I think fans really need something to latch onto with them. And I don't think that thing is beating the House of Black. Yeah. Uh, House of Black, uh, I do agree that they're moving into a fe- uh, feud with Miro. And Miro's mentioning some woman. And maybe we're going to get a debut there. And we're going to have like a feud down the line, maybe a mixed tag or something. 
Um, but I don't know. This is like they put the Dark Order in a weird spot. And I do think the big story is Dark Order versus the Elite in the final. Um, because, you know, you have the Hangman thing and it's, it is what it is, that story. But I don't know. Against House of Black? Yeah. They could have, they could have, they should have put the trust busters here. Yeah. And move, and you could have done um, best friends versus house of black and you could have done something there, but I don't know. I don't like this. I think, and you know, I did think about this when the trios bracket was released and I was like house of black versus dark order. That's an easy win for house of black, but like with the hangman stuff now and it not being the hung bucks, it being the elite the dark order in a bad spot here. Like this is not good unless the intention is to get people to boo the dark order. Turn them heel. Um, (laughs) yeah, you know, and then I feel like having the dark order get to the final just to lose to the elite. Like, what do we do with them after? You know what I mean? Like, where do we go from here for them? Yeah. And they do turn heel and it's, I don't don't know. I don't know. And, I'm the dark order either needs to start recruiting again and get, you know, some more people in there, but but there's four of them. And it's like, well, you can't really do singles because you know, none of you are singles guys. Well, 10 is, but he's 10. He's still learning. Um, Evil Uno's lost his tag team partner. So he can't do tag. He can do singles, I guess. And then you have the tag team of silver Reynolds and then Hangman's like out there, but like they don't fit in trios because there's four of them. There's not three. They don't fit in the tag division. They don't fit in the singles division. So Dark Order's in a weird place. And I I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if House of Black beats them. Mm-hmm. But just because it's House of Black and everybody loves House of Black and they've gotten some big wins and, you know, whatever. But I don't know. This is like, of all, you know, the first round matchups in the tournament, this is definitely the weirdest one and the most interesting. Yeah, and, you know, maybe if House of Black does pick up the win here and then we see, like, Elite versus House of Black in the final. I think that's a really cool match. And then obviously we'll still get something with Hangman there. Maybe he comes out after the match or something. Maybe that's when Miro costs the House of Black and the Elite win. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So moving to the opposite side of the tournament. Um, we'll talk about the Elite in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to get Death Triangle versus Ozzy Open. Um in my hometown shout out but uh, i i'm concerned <laughs> and my concern is that death triangle are going to lose oh i 100 percent think that they're gonna lose i like aussie open as a team everybody knows our gripes with will Ospreay. okay like, it's, it's truly no secret at this point if you follow us online you know that if you watch the show you know that um I just think with the history of Kenny and Will, like, I mean, there's just no way that they don't put them over here and have them have, like, a face-off. I feel like I would hate that, though. Like, I feel like that's more of a singles match than anything, not necessarily, like, a trios match that I would want their first, you know, interaction to be, but whatever. I, and I was thinking about this earlier today, because I, um was just thinking about the elite like I always do. And Will Ospreay losing the G1. Yeah. Basically, you know, Okada won the G1, if anyone uh, was interested. But now he doesn't have, like, 
he's not going to get like a like a big world title shot or anything. Mm-hmm. Okada is. And there's also reports that there are going to be AEW talent on Wrestle Kingdom. So do we give Death Triangle the win and we just save Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay for Wrestle Kingdom? I would much prefer that, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like I said, I don't think that their first like face-to-face interaction, even if they don't wrestle each other, I just don't think that their first face-to-face in a ring should be in a trios tournament match. I just, I don't. I and I definitely agree. I think we've really been building this, and it's yeah. um, not that this wouldn't be a good story for the trios tournament because these two, you know, there's the all the history of Kenny Omega leaving New Japan and giving you know the keys to Jay White and Will Ospreay and all the things they've said. But one, I don't want Death Triangle to lose because I think Death Triangle has been on the cusp of a big push for a long time, and then you know we have the pandemic and Pack heels in England of all places. Um, so there's not really, they haven't really gotten any traction. Yeah. And I think in terms of a matchup with the elite, because I don't know if you guys knew this, but the elite won their match. Um, I don't know. I think the potential, you know, you know, the return of Pac versus Kenny Omega, like that rivalry, um, that's something that would be better for trios than something new and fresh like Kenny and Will Ospreay. Because I think Kenny and Pac, you know, they've had a few matches. They had that big Iron Man match, which is still my favorite Dynamite match by far. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's a big... And then you have the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros. So, like, I, there's that's a more interesting matchup to me. And I think AEW fans would really latch on to that a lot more than they would Aussie Open. Who we, we've seen, but we haven't seen a lot of. And I'm trying not to be biased because... People know I'm not a big Will Ospreay fan, um, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea to beat Death Triangle. I agree. Death Triangle has not had any traction in AEW because um, Pac is off defending the title, you know. So they haven't been on TV, um, and I think putting them in this tournament, like, having them lose would be kind of a slap in the face, in my opinion. And as much as I think Aussie Open is a good tag team. Um, I just really don't want them to win here. Uh, but I feel like if Will and, you know, they're going to come from overseas to the U.S., I feel like they're probably going to win. I feel like they wouldn't come here just to lose. But they came here to lose last. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. Um, I just, I guess I'm just thinking... I'm just thinking, like, if I'm Tony Khan and I'm trying to do what's best for AEW and trios titles, I think it's putting over AEW. (gasps) Did you see that? I did. Oh, my God. That scared me so bad. Will Ospreay's cursing you. Yeah, I know. Will Ospreay fans are, like, banging on my wall. (laughs) Like, shit. (laughs) Listen, maybe I shouldn't talk about how much I hate Will Ospreay anymore because they, they do come for me. But anyway, back to the tournament. Um... Where was I going? Oh, I just wanted to say, I think, I don't know. I think if I'm Tony Khan and I'm doing what's best for AEW, what's best for AEW is putting over like our core trios that we've really spent a long time building. So like the the elite were already built, but you don't know what I mean? The House of Black, you know, Best Friends and Death Triangle. Like, I feel like that's really like the core of the trios division that they spent, you know, this whole time building and letting a new Japan team come in and just beat them 
I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me. And it's kind of like the same thing with the Dark Order thing. Like, are fans going to be okay with that? No. I think they'll be okay with it to an extent because of Kenny and Will. But otherwise, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But let's move on to my favorite topic of the week. Let's talk about Kenny Omega. So if you were unaware, and I don't know how you're watching this if you are unaware, but basically the Young Bucks entered the trio tournament. They didn't have a partner. We get to the show. Turns out it's Kenny Omega returning. He's looking a little worse for wear, um, but... It was a great match. Uh, so they wrestled Andrade, Rouge, and Dragon Lee. It's a fantastic match. Of course, with these guys, it was going to be fantastic. But Kenny Omega's back. And Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, um, I don't know. They're cohesive. They're, you know, they're a good team. They put aside a lot of the beef, I guess. They're wrestling like good guys. They're, I guess, they're baby faces now. The crowd was so into this. There couldn't have been a better return for Kenny Omega. And a lot of people were mad that Kenny Omega returned on a dynamite. But now we get to see Kenny. Now we get to see Kenny Omega wrestle in the trios tournament and have a big, meaningful match at All Out, his first pay per view back. So I'm super into it. Um, I thought this match, this was probably the best Andrade has looked in a long time. And, and, you know, I'm not an Andrade hater. You know, I'm not a Rouge hater. I'm not a Dragon Lee hater. But I do think Andrade has struggled a lot in AW, and this was the best he's looked. And then after the match, they turn on Dragon Lee. I don't know why. I don't know where we're going with that, but we're going somewhere with it. Um, But let's talk about Kenny Omega. (laughs) First of all, I just want to mention his new, um, like, entrance. I love it. Stars. I'm here for it. I did a whole, like, dissection on my Twitter. You guys can go check that out if you want. My, like, weekly crack tweets. Um, but yeah, I just, I love the duster. Like, I was into this gear, like, this shirt action. I loved it. And he looked great. Um, you know, a lot of people online were saying, oh, like, you know, some of the moves were a little rough. I think a lot of it was intentional. Obviously, you know, he's working his injuries. Like, that's, I mean, he's Kenny Omega. Like, that's just what he does. Yeah. Um, I think the storytelling from him in this match was great. Yeah. So, I do think um, when Kenny returned, I didn't expect him to be 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with those injuries. Like, when you're not going to be 100%. And he's also not going to wrestle and do a lot of the things he did before just because his body's aging. It's, you know, still beat up, whatever. But I do agree. I think a lot of the, like, rust was worked, especially, like, the you can't escape forward roll. That was – Kenny's, like, goofy goofy selling. Like, you could see it there. It is what it is. The selling the knee, like, all these different little things, the struggle with the one-winged angel. Uh, I do think a lot of it was worked. And I think over the course of the tournament, we're going to see him come into his own. He's going to lose the shoulder thing. He's going to lose the compression shirt. He's going to, you know, get back in, do what he's doing. Because um, he's Kenny Omega. And, you know, of course, he has to tell a story on his return because <laughs> that's his thing. Um, the Young Bucks also looked great. Um, I thought it was really funny when Kenny came out and he's, like, in the ring. And, and he, like, hugs Matt. And then he hugs Nick and Matt's just standing there with, like, the biggest like, smile on his face. <laughs> just the biggest so precious. I love it. 
Um, and I think Nick looked really, I mean, he always looks great in any match that he's in. I talk about that on the show all the time. But in this match particular, in particular, I thought it looked great. Yeah, Nick really shines when he gets to work with uh, Luchadors. Yeah. Especially Luchadors as talented as these three. Nick just fits right in with them. And I think mm-hmm. it really challenges him in ways that, like, you know, other wrestling styles don't. Because Nick is such, he's really focused on, like, the agility and... Mm-hmm you know, the, the fast-paced moves and things like that, more so than Matt. But Matt was also great in this match. My favorite spot was um, the the triple suplex. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Um, Matt was just so good the entire match. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick Jackson is a great storyteller, and, you know, we could go on and on about that. But I think in terms of, like, the story Kenny was trying to tell with him being rusty and, like, is he Kenny Omega? Is he not Kenny Omega? Uh, Matt really helped a lot. Just like seeing him be concerned about Kenny, being a little confused, you know, the way he would sell like the the near falls, like being very concerned that the elite were going to lose because Kenny wasn't ready. Um, I loved it. They planted those seeds on being the elite with Matt being like, are you sure you're ready? Uh, Matt is just, he's just such a great actor. I really enjoyed that. Um, Nick, of course, but Nick, he's Nick. He's always always just there, but like he adds so much to the story. Because he really is, like especially on the last like BTE when he was like, "I Hangman's gonna say no." Like I know Hangman's gonna say no. Like just sitting there being being Nick. He's just like he's just he's just there to wrestle. He's just there to like do his thing, you know, do his flashy moves, get cheered, whatever. But I'm super into this Kenny story. Um. You know, we don't know who they're facing next. It could be Death Triangle. could be Aussie Open. Either way, you know, Kenny has ties to all of those opponents. So, and I was talking about this on Twitter. I love that AEW now has reached a point where it's old enough where that we have all these connections between wrestlers. Like, all, like, the big wrestlers, CM Punk, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Pac, like, they're all connected in different ways, and they're all connected to each other, and I love it. Because when you do a tournament like this, or a battle royal, or anything like that. You can really push those stories. Um, so I'm super into that. But back to the Elite. Um, I have picked the Elite to win the entire thing, just because I think they need to. Um, when we look back at AEW at the beginning, when we didn't have Kenny win the world title, we didn't have the Young Bucks win the tag titles, that was a big mistake to me. Um, I think fans were really disappointed in that. And we corrected it, we got it back. But I do think with trios... There's no more iconic trio in wrestling today than the elite, except for the new day, but the elite. So, sorry, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say, and, you know, Kenny's, like, um, post-match, like, little spiel that he was giving, and he was talking about um, how the elite are, you know, the heart of AEW, obviously taking jabs at, you know, punk and box and all that fun stuff oh um, my God. <laughs> that's a whole other thing <laughs> not even gonna talk about that um yeah i think i think they will win here and i'm just super excited and i can't wait to see Kenny's progression in this tournament for sure yeah you know like i mentioned earlier um i think a lot of it's worked and i think kenny being so covered is part of the story um, he's, he's lost the, the heel facial hair, which I'm a big supporter of. Um, and the black hair is gone. 
Yeah. He still has Don Callis, though. I know. I don't know when that that man walked out. I was like, why? You know, Michael Nakazawa, I'll take him. I love him. (laughs) Don Callis, though, if we're not being heels, and, you know, the elite in this entire match didn't wrestle as heels. Like, this was very much 2018 elite, like, peak babyface elite. I don't know what we're doing with Don Callis. And and part of me feels like maybe he came out and he was on commentary just because a lot of the things he said, he was talking about Kenny's, you know, road to recovery. He was really selling Kenny's injuries and Kenny's, like, um, physical limitations and all that. Maybe he was just there to do that, to just add credence to Kenny's story. Uh, regardless, I would... And I have to, I have to like phrase this carefully. <laughs> I, well, I think a lot of what Kenny, like a lot of his botches or a lot of his mistakes or whatever people want to call it. I think a lot of them are worked. Um, I do understand that Kenny is probably never going to wrestle the same way he did before. But if the story progresses through the trios tournament and at the final, we get like full form Kenny Omega, like ready to go. I think it's going to be really interesting if, He's standing opposite Dark Order and Hangman in that situation. Um, and that's, and as much as I think House of Black should be beat Dark Order, if we're, the end game is Dark Order in the finals with, with Hangman uh, and Kenny being like full-fledged, ready to go, I think that will do a lot for Hangman's story and his, you know, hesitation to rejoin the Elite. And I think a lot of his hesitation probably has to do with, you know, the horrible ending of his tag team with Kenny and, you know, that falling out. So, I don't know. If we get back, you know, pre-heel run Kenny Omega, and he's 2018 Kenny Omega, and he's cool again. Uh, I don't know. I think he sways Hangman. What if, and this is me just, you know, but what if, um, because I talked a lot about, like, oh, maybe, like, Hangman will get injured, because at the time, mm-hmm. I thought the hung bucks were going to happen. And then, like, maybe that's, like, when Kenny comes in. But what if, like, 10, like, something happens to 10, and, like, Hangman has to step into the match for the Dark Order? That would be interesting. Because they have established that um, the Dark Order, like, all four of them are in the tournament. Like, it's everyone's going. Uh, but if they do pick three and they go with it, and they pick, like, Silver Reynolds and 10. Like, I think that's... I don't think you could have 10 in the finals of the trios tournament. As much as I love him, yeah. I think if they're if they're not going to do Hangman, they have to do Evil Uno, because Evil yeah. Uno is an AEW OG, the same way uh, the Elite are, and that's just a better story. Um, but I don't know any way we can get Hangman into this I'm into, because he's not part of the Dark Order, but he's also not in the Elite. And so he's just chilling in the trio tournament to support the Dark Order, like to be in their corner for fun. Like, is he going to be ringside? Is he going to be backstage? Like, I would much prefer him, like, involved in this match somehow than just, like, you know, him sitting off the side. Like, (laughs) and it'll be interesting. um, And, you know, maybe we'll probably get more information about this with their match with uh, House of Black because Mm -hmm. House of Black, you know, it's the, the, the trio and Julia Hart. And then Dark Order, it's five of them, if you include Hangman. And then also you throw in Miro in the mix, potential Miro stuff. Like, Hangman doesn't really fit here. 
like he I don't know it's just such a weird dynamic they've made in that corner of the trio bracket like the dark order corner uh I love dark order getting a story getting something because I we've wanted it for a long time but I think the relationship between Kenny and Hangman is so important and it'll be interesting to see if Hangman does have to be in the trio tournament if dark order collapses or something um and not not that I'm wishing it because I don't I don't want Dark Order to collapse, but it'll be interesting if he stands you know across the ring from Kenny and the Bucks again because I think back to that Revolution tag match and how crazy insane that was, but also it'll be different because Matt and Hangman have kind of you know buried the hatchet. They're supposedly on good terms as far as we know, uh, and I don't think it'll be as angry. Like it, I don't know, it'll be weird. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm super excited to see how the rest of this tournament goes. I, It's one of the most exciting things in wrestling right now for me. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to say, if Dark Order makes it to the final mm-hmm. and Hangman's not in it, he's just in, in their corner supporting them, whatever. Matt Jackson has to get the pin. Like, he has to pin Evil Uno. He has to pin, you know, Reynolds or Silver or Ten or whoever it is. Because Hangman will see it. And like we've mentioned over and over and over again, every time we get a chance, the story is Hangman and Matt Jackson. It always has been. And, you know, Hangman and Kenny, they had their thing, but like the core of the story is those two. Uh, so I don't know. All Out is going to be super interesting because I do think the Elite are going to make it. I don't think Death Triangle or Ozzy Open are taking down the Elite. No. Um, Dark Order, if Dark Order can beat House of Black, they're going to be best friends. Yeah. End of. Because best... Best friends, their bigger story is with Blackpool Combat Club and Wheeler Utah. Um, but yeah, trios. Like, and not that I want to compare AW and WWE, but I do think this tournament, like the story into, into it, like the way they built up to the tournament and had stories going into it and characters and things like that going into it, that makes the tournament so much more interesting than the women's tag tournament in WWE. Um before everyone types hate comments and tells me I hate WWE and I should never, ever talk about WWE. I do understand that it was a unique circumstance with Sasha and Naomi and that they had to do what they had to do. I get it. But we could have waited. That's my only criticism. I mean, they tried. You had Io Sky and Dakota Kai standing off against Alexa and Asuka and it was a whole thing. But this is a great tournament. Um, people were skeptical going in because of Trustbusters and Aussie Open and Best Friends and all the like the the bad teams, quote quote unquote bad teams in it. I'm super into it. I am too. And not to play like devil's advocate or anything, but like um you could argue the same thing about like Kenny being injured, like, you know, they were waiting for to introduce these titles until Kenny came back and they kinda got introduced right before All Out, so they really had to throw... I mean, like, I'm sure Tony had an idea of, like, you know, mm-hmm. how he wanted the tournament to go, but it was kind of thrown together. Um, like, yeah, there was established stories and everything, but, like, we only have a couple weeks of builds, so I feel like they're kind of comparable a bit. Yeah. I'll give you that. But Kenny Omega is back. I am ecstatic. Um, the Elite are... This is going to be really interesting. I think this period of AEW is, you know, reminiscent of last year's build all out. And I think that was definitely a peak for AEW. And I think there's a lot going on in AEW 
right now between, you know, Punk and Moxley, you have, you know, uh, Miro doing his thing. You have the elite, you have, you know, the women, you know, it seems like everyone's in contention for the title for some reason. Um, you have the mixed tag situation with Ruby and Ortiz and Ty Mello and Sammy. And I, I don't know. There's just so much going on. It's very all out season is the WrestleMania season for AEW. Uh, not double or nothing. It's all out. And I'm so excited. Can I also just say really quick? Because mm-hmm. um, we didn't talk about it, but FTR and Wardlow. Oh, yeah. I I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I feel like they both should be getting, like, their own, like, singles matches. Like, I feel like Wardlow yeah. should be defending his title in a singles match, and I think FTR should have the tag title match, but that's just me. So, <laughs> so in case people don't know, um, FTR have been number one contenders for the tag titles for, like, an absurd amount of weeks, and Wardlow is the team he champion, and they're having a trios match it all out against Jay Lethal and his Goonies. Um, I think... And, you know, I'm being optimistic here. I think the goal is to get FTR and Wardlow a lot of promo time against mm-hmm. great promos um, like Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal. Um, and then an easy win, a great match, but an easy win at All Out because, and, you know, they, they, they've been saying they're still the pinnacle. When you're pinnacle, you're always on top. I think MJF is coming back, and I think we're going to throw him in. We're going to have some... Not that I think he's going to challenge Wardlow before people run with it. I think MJF is going straight to the title picture. Yeah. Um, probably against CM Punk, if we're being honest. Um, but I think if we're going to return to MJF Wardlow at some point, MJF being like the pinnacle of AW, being world champ, I think there's this bigger story there. And I do think FTR have been in a holding pattern because they did drop the Young Bucks story for the trio tournament because Kenny Omega was coming back. Um and while I do think FTR and Wardlow could be doing something better for All Out, I do understand that this is a good way to get them over, keep them in the minds of fans, have a good match, some good promos before we move into a bigger story down the line. So I'm into it as long as FTR do eventually get their shot against Swerve and Our Glory, um, who I am assuming are wrestling the acclaimed at All Out. Not confirmed, but that's where I think we're going. Which I would be into anyway. If not FTR, like, I think it's the Acclaims, you yeah. know, time to shine and have a shot at the titles. Yeah, and, you know, we could give FTR the shot at um, Grand Slam, which is a few weeks after All Out, um, We could, which is basically a mini pay-per-view. We could do it. We could even do it at full gear. But I think people are being a little bit dramatic about where FTR stands right now. Um I think they're in a good spot. Like, they're okay. They're fine. They're okay. They're in a good spot. Um, But it's hard when you have the Young Bucks FTR story and you're, like, centered on that. And then you have this wrench thrown in your works. And I think this is a good spot for them to be – because it only benefits them to be – you know, to beat Jay Lethal and Sanjay Depp. Because fans don't enjoy that team. They want to see them disappear. And seeing Wardlow pin Sutton Singh is going to be a great image, a great visual – incredible it's going to happen like FTR is going to help him they're going to get him they're going to pin him it's going to be great we all just need to breathe and relax just chill no one's getting buried no one's getting destroyed just chill I'm I'm listen a deep breath we're fine FTR is fine Wardlow is fine 
end of. <laughs> That's oh, the end of my rant. Way, perfect way to end this week's episode. So that's what we have for you for Tag Talk this week. It was a little bit of a longer episode, um, but we had a lot to talk about. There's a lot of good stuff going on. And I think, you know, especially with WWE moving forward, we'll probably have some more interesting things to talk about for them. So, Haley, do you want to do your plugs? Sure. Uh, You guys can follow me on Twitter. I always do it wrong, but you guys can follow me on Twitter right there um, to see everything I'm doing. Um, you know, I am writing for Body Slam again. I do, I'm an editor at Nerds and Beyond. So if you're into like nerdy stuff, you guys can check that out. I recently did like a whole thread on my Twitter about, um, the timing of Kenny Omega's return. Definitely go check that out. Um, it's pinned on my Twitter. Um, especially if you're not like up to date with everything. I got you. (laughs) Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. I post everything I'm doing there. Um, I'm doing a lot of things. It's, it's, you can see me here every Sunday at five on Fightful Overbooked for Tag Talk. You can see me every Monday at three on Body Slam Net YouTube channel for Code of Honor podcast. Um, it's been a weird few weeks. We've been traveling, move, moving, all the things, but we're going to try to get back into it soon. Um, oh, for you could romanticize wrestling. So you can follow romanticize wrestling. Subscribe on YouTube, Romanticize Wrestling. Follow on Twitter, at Romantic Wrestle. Um, we're going to try to film an episode, um, like a analysis of Kenny Omega's return match to get you guys more about the story and why we think a lot of the ring rust was worked. Um, just our theories, our ideas, things like that. So follow us on Twitter for that. I'm not sure when we're going to get that out. Uh, soon. Soon. Soon, of course. Um Oh, also subscribe to Fightful Overbook, like this video, comment below. Comment below, but don't call me a WWE hater because it's a lie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and go watch all the other shows on Fightful Overbook. There's a lot of great people doing a lot of great things. Um, we're all just trying to make the best content we can. This was a long episode of Tag Talk. So if you made it all the way to the end, kudos to you. Thank because, you. And if you survived, you know, the jump scare of my poster falling, even more kudos <laughs> to you. Um, <laughs> But I think we covered all the plugs, and so we'll see you guys next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.